Our reading this morning comes from Revelation 14, verses 1 to 13. Then I looked, and there before me was a lamb, standing on Mount Zion, and with him 144,000 who had his name and his father's name written on their foreheads. And I heard a sound from heaven, like the roar of rushing waters, and like a loud peal of thunder. The sound I heard was like that of harpists playing their harps. And they sang a new song before the throne and before the four living creatures and the elders. No one could learn the song except the 144,000 who had been redeemed from the earth. These are those who did not defile themselves with women, for they remain virgins. They follow the Lamb wherever he goes. They were purchased from among mankind and offered as first fruits to God and the Lamb. No lie was found in their mouths. They are blameless. Then I saw another angel flying in midair, and he had the eternal gospel to proclaim to those who live on the earth, to every nation, tribe, language, and people. He said in a loud voice, Fear God and give him glory, because the hour of his judgment has come. Worship him who made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and the springs of water. A second angel followed and said, Fallen, fallen is Babylon the great, which made all the nations drink the maddening wine of her adulteries. A third angel followed them and said in a loud voice, If anyone worships the beast and its image and receives its mark on their forehead or on their hand, they too will drink the wine of God's fury, which has been poured full strength into this cup of his wrath. They will be tormented with burning sulphur in the presence of the holy angels and of the Lamb, and the smoke of their torment will rise for ever and ever. There will be no rest day or night for those who worship the beast and its image, or for anyone who receives the mark of its name. This calls for patient endurance on the part of the people of God, who keep his commands and remain faithful to Jesus. Then I heard a voice from heaven say, Write this, Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit, they will rest from their labour, for their deeds will follow them. Do you like roller coasters? I really don't. But I do know some people who love them. High G-forces, uh, sudden drops, tight turns, all push you uh, to the limit and call for a certain kind of endurance. As well as faith that everything somehow is going to stay connected and that you'll safely come to a stop. Today, uh, we're going to see how we can all come to that safe end, however frightening our roller coaster of life may turn out to be. At the beginning of Revelation chapter 14, we're back in uh, amongst the crowd of 144,000 gathered around the throne of God. We first encountered this crowd back in Revelation chapter 7. 144,000 is a symbolic number made up of 12 times 12 multiplied by 10 times 10 times 10. Maybe the 12 tribes of Israel, uh, the people of God, multiplied by the 12 disciples of Jesus in a perfect cube of 10, uh, the number of human completion. However, we might work it out. We know that this number is symbolic because when John see, turns to see the 144,000 in Revelation 7, he sees a multitude that no one could number gathered in worship. Their experience of God's love and faithfulness has worked out in each of their own life stories is now wonderfully expressed together in a 
new song. They are the redeemed, bought by the blood of the Lamb. And as a result, chapter 14, verse 1 tells us his name and his father's name are written on their foreheads. That is, uh, they are forever marked by uh, the character and personality of Jesus and of God. Chapter 14 goes on to give us evidence for these marks. First, they're marked by God's purity. It is these who have not defiled themselves, verse 4. No experience, uh, no choice that they have made in life has got in the way of their relationship with God. Second, they are marked by God's faithfulness. Uh, We're told it is these who follow the lamb wherever he goes. Uh, These people are not quitters. Uh, They don't give up. Uh, They go where the lamb goes, even when the way of the lamb leads to a cross. Third, uh, they're marked as redeemed. First fruits for God and for the lamb, verse four. They've been bought back. A high price has been paid for each of them and they've been given a new opportunity, a new way of living. Finally, we're told that the people in this crowd are marked as blameless. Not that they never did anything wrong, but that the blame that was theirs has been taken by another, dealt with, processed, paid. Now there's nothing left to blame them with or for, because all has been forgiven. But the journey to this point has not been straightforward. They've been caught up in uh, frightening accelerations in world affairs, stomach-churning personal and national downturns, and dizzying political and spiritual twists. To be there when the saints come marching in, as the old song puts it, takes endurance, the strength to hold on, and it takes faith, the ability to see beyond the present circumstances. Here is the message to us, the readers of Revelation, who are still being thrown around the roller coaster of life with its frightening ups and downs, its awful twists and turns. Endurance and faith is what it takes to get through. Hold on until you end up gathered around Jesus, the risen Lord and the saviour of us all. At the end of chapter 12, we left the dragon having lost the great cosmic battle in the birth, life and heavenly ascension of Jesus, defeated but not destroyed. And now determined to do everything He can to subvert the coming kingdom of God. He goes after the people of God. That opposition to God's purpose and people calls together an unholy trinity. The dragon, that ancient serpent who is called the devil and Satan, is joined by two terrifying beasts in chapter 13. The first beast rises up out of the sea, uh, symbolic of human chaos and catastrophe. This is the ultimate political animal representing human power in raw and unrivaled form. It bears traces of all the great empires of history, uh, the leopard, uh, the bear and the lion, but its power surpasses them all. This beast 
unites humanity in absolute opposition to the purposes and to the people of God. All not destined for God's kingdom will worship it and submit to its power. When confronted by such opposition, how can the people of God survive? As chapter 13, verse 10b puts it, this calls for endurance and faith of the saints. The third member of the trinity of evil is the beast that rises from the earth. Mimicking the creative power of God, this terrible creature seeks to dominate and subdue God's purposes and people, not through political power, but through spiritual control. It deceives the world in great signs and wonders. It forces all to be marked by its character and name in order to buy or sell anything. This is the beast whose name is 666. Ever since those words were written, uh, people have speculated who they might refer to. In Hebrew, each of the letters of the alphabet also has a numeric value, so people have taken names like uh, Caesar Nero or even more recent examples and found ways to make them add up to 666. But the point here may be much simpler than that. Six is the number of humanity, so 666 symbolically represents uh, a totally human construction total opposition to the perfection and the glory of God. So the dragon and his beasts set themselves up as an unholy trinity opposed to the purposes of God in every way. But their worst efforts are directed against the people of God. How then can God's people get through all this without uh, submitting or in turn being deceived? By endurance and by faith. Holding on to the promises of God, however hard the journey gets, however much you get thrown around. Look forward to the day that you will join that crowd around the throne because every name written before the foundation of the world in the book of life of the Lamb that was slain will be there. So hold on and keep faith. Listen to the eternal good news uh, proclaimed by the angel of God in chapter 14 and verse 7. Fear God and give him glory because the hour of his judgment has come. Worship him who made heaven and earth. This is good news. However fearsome the dragon and his beasts may seem to be, however much power and control they might seem to exert, God is still in charge. God sits undisturbed on the great heavenly throne and the Lamb continues to unfurl God's great plan. Ultimately, that plan leads us to the judgment of God at the end of chapter 14. The dragon and beasts are allowed to act for a while, but eventually God will act against them and all who bear their marks. One way of understanding the judgment of God that I find to be really helpful is that in judgment, 
God respects people so very much that he grants them the consequences of the choices that they make through life. Which is why the choices we all now make are also very, very important. By whom will your life be marked? The character of the dragon and his beasts or the character of the lamb? When it comes time to call time, God will work out the consequence of that choice in his judgment. Everything set in opposition uh, to God will crumble and fall in the face of God's glory. God's judgment is a sure sign that there is a king in heaven and that this king rules over you and me and the entire universe. How can anyone hope though to make it through his judgment after all haven't we all made choices that we regret choices that we really hope uh, will never get taken to their ultimate conclusions revelation 14 verse 12 tells us here is a call for the endurance of the saints those who keep the commandments of god and their faith in jesus endurance and faith. There it is again. Hold on. Keep faith wherever you are on the roller coaster of life. At the end of chapter 14, the grapes of the earth, the fruit of human effort with all its failures, compromises and abuses are placed in the winepress of God's holy anger which is God's pain for his beautiful creation that has been so corrupted. When trod, instead of the grape juice we might expect from such imagery, what flows out of the winepress is a terrible, unimaginable flood of blood. We'll shudder at the awfulness of this image until we pay attention to three little words that are easily missed in verse 20. Where was this winepress of the wrath of God trod? Outside the city. Where was Jesus crucified? At Golgotha, the place of the skull, just outside the city of Jerusalem. Do you get it? The blood shed there as Jesus, the Lamb of God, died was enough for me and for you and for the whole world. The Lamb was slain because only his blood could buy back a broken humanity. Only in him can we find true forgiveness. Only in him can we find a new identity. So you don't have to fear the dragon or his beasts, but their devious power grab calls for endurance and faith. You don't have to fear the judgment of God, but the reality of facing the consequence of the choices we now make calls for endurance and faith. You don't even have to fear death itself. Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord, verse 13. But the prospect of that final journey calls us to endurance, to keeping the commandments of God and to faith in Jesus as long as we live. Life can often seem like a scary roller coaster, and sometimes it gets way more challenging and terrifying than we can handle. But when it does, as people of God whose lives are increasingly marked 
by his character and personality, our instructions are to endure, to keep faith in Jesus, the Lamb of God. That's what will see us through. Let's pray. Lord, in the roller coaster of life, mark our lives by your character as we submit them to you. Help us to endure, to follow your instructions and to have faith in Jesus through all of life. These things we ask in the name of Jesus, the Lamb of God, our Saviour and our Lord. Amen.